Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast series. Today we have our weekly look at the headlines with the AMA's Vice President of Science, Medicine, and Public Health, Andrea Garcia in Chicago. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer, also in Chicago. Welcome, Andrea. Thanks, Todd. It's good to be here. Well, let's start off with some big news uh, regarding Medicaid and uh, the fact that that could be ending for some people soon. What do we need to know there? Well, I think that many people have come to think of this as coinciding with the end of the public health emergency, which, as we know of right now, is set for May 11th. Um, but the Consolidation Appropriations Act of 2023 uh, last month delinked the Medicaid continuous enrollment provision um, from that ending of the public health emergency. And so it's mandated that those provisions expire on March 31st, so last Friday. Uh, that means as of April 1st, state Medicaid agencies can start terminating Medicaid coverage uh, for individuals who are no longer eligible. Just ballpark, how many people could this impact? So an analysis by the Kaiser Family Foundation estimates that up to 14.2 million people could be disenrolled from Medicaid over the next year. Um, a separate HHS analysis uh, estimated that it's closer to about 15 million people that could lose coverage. About 6.8 million of those could be removed, uh, even though they're still eligible. Um, and that same HHS analysis suggested that by uh, the end of the unwinding, we could see more than 5 million children uh, lose Medicaid. It also is predicted to uh, impact Latino and Black beneficiaries disproportionately. So those are huge numbers of people who could be uh, affected by this. Where does AMA stand on this? So AMA is urging states to adopt a 12-month continuous eligibility policy uh, to minimize those coverage gaps between disenrollment and re-enrollment, um, while also uh, doing all they can to sort of facilitate that transition in coverage from Medicaid and CHIP to either a subsidized ECA marketplace plan, uh, employer-covered health insurance, or another form of affordable coverage. And in a recent uh, viewpoint, uh, AME President Jack Resnick said that we need to start with improved education and outreach on alternatives to those affected, uh, including the availability of private marketplace plans. And we also uh, can simplify that renewal process and eliminate administrative barriers to uh, retaining Medicaid eligibility, uh, such as those burdensome requirements that people return paper forms rather than relying on uh, sort of electronic data and, and other means of verification. Andrew, is there anything that physicians can do to help here? So they can definitely help get the word out to patients who may be impacted, and we're going to be linking to toolkits and important points of contact in the description of this episode. Uh, they can also proactively have discussions with patients and remind them to update their contact information uh, with both the state and, and health plan and watch for renewal forms in the mail. Another good place to begin is localhealth.healthcare.gov, and that's the website where people can get help from someone in their area. The service is free, and it can help them better understand their healthcare options. Well, that's very helpful information. And as we get further into this kind of winding down period, so to speak, how are the COVID numbers looking? Well, I think we're also seeing a winding down of COVID data reporting and tracking as well. And we've talked about um, the New York Times after more than 
three years of daily updates ending their COVID-19 uh, data gathering operations. Um, they're going to continue to uh, publish virus data from the CDC weekly, um, which it says that's become the most reliable source of information on the virus's spread. And that change, of course, was spurred by the declining availability of data from state and local health officials. And few states now report more than once a week, and some no longer report data to the public at all. Well, keeping uh, these changes in mind, what is the latest data telling us? So if we look at uh, daily hospital admissions, which that shows how many patients test positive for COVID in hospitals, and it's it's a number that's reliably reported um, more so than case counts at this stage in the pandemic. So as of March 31st, we're seeing on average about 5,700 daily COVID hospital admissions. Um, those COVID cases are less consistently reported than earlier due to that decrease in testing. But for the week of March 23rd and March 29th, there are, were around 138,000 reported cases, about a 16% drop from two weeks prior. And then as of March 28th, that test positivity rate was about 7.1. Uh, that's a decrease about 5% from the prior reporting period. And we know that test positivity um, is also less consistent, but um, still combined with cases can, can help show trends in infections. And then deaths, uh, which we know are a lagging indicator, uh, but from March 23rd to March 29th, we had around 1,596 deaths, so a 12% drop from two weeks ago. Well, I guess as we see some things winding down, there are also new initiatives that are just starting up. One's a collaborative uh, supporting public health that the AMA is part of. Tell us more about that. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Yeah, so I think, you know, we've talked here often about how the pandemic exposed those long-standing and significant gaps in our public health infrastructure. Um, and so last week, a new healthcare industry coalition was announced. It's being led by Kaiser Permanente uh, in collaboration with the AMA, AHIP, the Alliance for Community Health Plans, and the American Hospital Association. And we're proud to partner with these groups uh, with the goal being uh, improving connectivity between public health agencies and the healthcare sector. And uh, we've gone through uh, an extensive process to come up with promising actions and areas of consensus where we can make a difference. And, you know, some of those include um, building that connectivity between healthcare and public health before an emergency, uh, focusing on clear communication channels that can be scaled up during an emergency. Um, and then and some around data standards for sort of health equity, uh, national standards for stratifying that data, and of course, modernizing infectious disease surveillance system and promoting interoperability across sectors. Um, so Dr. Harmon was at that event last week where the, the, the launch was announced. Um, and there was really, I think, a sentiment in the room that um, with the public health emergency ending, 
uh, this is what the country needs right now. So we'll continue to share progress as that coalition evolves. Because it appears there's not going to be a shortage of public health issues facing us in the future. Uh, just two of them we talked about over the past couple of weeks. Uh, sometimes they feel like they come out of nowhere and one uh, uh, about uh, uh, developing fungus issue and another with a Marburg virus. Let's just take a quick minute to update folks on where those stand. Yeah, so there's not much new to report on C. auris, really just, I think, a reminder to physicians to keep an eye out for what may seem like a bacterial infection that doesn't respond to antibiotics. We know that uh, diagnosing this infection can be difficult as there is you know, a wide range of symptoms, um, including fever, chills, and headache that can be easily confused with other conditions. And so many cases are being identified late uh, after they've already had the opportunity to spread. And then of course, remember that uh, C. auris uh, is a notifiable condition. So report it uh, quickly to public health departments. And what about the Mar uh, Marburg virus? Yeah, so the ongoing Marburg virus outbreak in Equatorial Guinea and Tanzania is something we're certainly continuing to monitor. And we know the CDC is stepping up its efforts on multiple fronts to help with the outbreaks and, and to keep those infections from spreading. Uh, CDC did put out some travel guidance. They're encouraging travelers to both of those areas to avoid contact with sick people, to watch for symptoms for three weeks after leaving. Um, and travelers to Equatorial Guinea should also take enhanced precautions and avoid non-essential travel to those provinces where the outbreak is ongoing. Um, the U.S. and uh, in the U.S., uh, we're going to see the CDC posting uh, notices in international airports where most travelers arrive. Um, there will be warnings to watch for symptoms of that virus for 21 days and to seek care immediately if you become ill. There's also going to be text reminders to watch for symptoms. Um, we know that in the early stages, um, that infection can be difficult to distinguish from other illnesses. So um, taking that travel history is going to be essential to helping clinicians spot cases of the virus early. And I believe the CDC is also on the ground right now trying to help in Africa. Yeah, standing up a center-led emergency response. Um, so that's not uh, all-encompassing as it is when it stands up its emergency operations center, uh, such as what they did for COVID-19 and Fox, but it'll uh, refocus the efforts of uh, staff in its national center for emerging and zoonotic infectious diseases to respond to those outbreaks. We know there are nine CDC staff on the ground already in Equatorial Guinea, and they have a field laboratory. Uh, they're assisting with testing, case identification, and contact tracing. Um, CDC also has a permanent office in Tanzania that's assisting with the outbreak there. Well, we'll definitely keep watching that. And uh, for now, that wraps up today's episode. Andrea, thanks so much for being here today. And we'll be back soon with another AMA update. You can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Please take care.